Welcome to Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Hello, my name is Patrick, and I'm Frack. Hello, my name is Leslie, and I'm Mrs. Frack. So Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show airing once a week where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. Uh, this is a special episode where we're taking a quick break from My Hero Academia while Frick is away. Um, I'm joined by my wife, and we are discussing the second episode of Leverage. Uh, Frick and I got the name of the show from our father who dubbed us Frick and Frack since we were kids. Oh, sorry. This is the synopsis of um, the second episode called The Homecoming Job. Um, just something we didn't say earlier, but um, each episode of Leverage is the blank job. And so they're all jobs. Um, so anyway, so this is the homecoming job. Um, this episode portrays the first time the team works together by choice in order to help someone. It starts off with a reservist overseas filming a video for his fiance, who gets shot by a defense contractor team, presumably by accident, uh, leaving the young man paralyzed from the waist down. The defense company takes no responsibility for the shooting, and the young man just wants his medical bills paid. Later, while on the case, the leverage team discovers that not only was it not an accident, the young man got shot, but he's also still in danger as a witness to an incredible theft by the defense company, aided by a U.S. congressman. The leverage team sets out to keep the young reservist safe from further harm and to get the men who shot him to pay for his medical bills. They end up uncovering war profiteering and corruption in the government, as well as securing the money to pay for not only the, the one reservist's medical bills and rehab, but enough for helping many more injured soldiers. Uh, and so uh, things that happen in this episode are, you know, kind of interesting things uh, for us. And uh, when we discussed the first episode of the show, uh, we talked about how there's kind of like running gags in the show. And one of my favorites is just even just how obscure it is. Like Elliot will say, well, that person's uh, Marine or um, Russian KGB, CIA, something like that, by based on some minor detail. And so there's two in this episode, and this is the first time it happens because I, I believe in the first episode it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, there's two. So in the beginning of the the, sh the episode, when the team comes together to uh, help, uh, Elliot listens to the shots and can tell by the firearms that are used to shoot uh, Perry um, uh, that it was American weapons, and uh, which are five point five six and nine millimeter. Uh, rounds that are American because if it had been insurgent, they would have been using AK 47s, uh, which are 7.62 um, uh, rounds. And then the second time it happens in this episode, uh, he uh, Elliot fights uh, a couple of the Castleman guards. That's the name of the company that does the defense contracts and uh, the knife fighting style tells Elliot that the guy is former Marine, but most likely uh, Force Recon, which is their special um, forces uh, level of Marine. Um, and so that's kind of interesting that and they do, he does it throughout the entire show. And it's always 
Um, everyone kind of gives him a weird look. And throughout the season, they kind of like, always kind of like look at him funny. Like, what? How do you know? It's it's a very distinctive. I remember, oh, one of my favorites, haircuts. haircuts. <laughs> very distinctive haircut. It's a very distinctive gunshot. It's a very distinctive knife fighting skills. It's always very distinctive. Um, although what's funny is um, Nate actually brings up the haircuts too one time. Uh, actually, I think it might have been in the first one where he's like, uh, the haircuts, Parker, count the haircuts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, that might have been where they kind of got the idea to give it to Elliot, though, instead of Nate, because Nate already knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, because the first episode's a pilot, so it was, you know, make, seeing what works, what doesn't, and, and moving things around, so. Um, anyway, uh, so another distinct, or not distinctive, <laughs> another um, interesting uh, thing that happens in this episode um, you kind of learn more about, we had mentioned it last time about how Parker just loves money, but, um, this time she actually like specifically points out how much she loves money. So they're talking about, um, all the different stuff that they bought with the money from the previous episodes payout. And, um, like Sophie's like, Oh, I, I bought a retirement, uh, house in Ireland and, Dubai and like all these different Tokyo. Pla- so, yeah Tokyo all these different places <laughs> and um uh Elliot what'd you do and he's like yeah like I'm gonna tell you guys like you're thieves I'm not telling you what I bought with a multi-million dollar payout and then um they asked Parker well what'd you get and she goes buy anything a multi-million payout and you you know you didn't buy anything she says I don't care about stuff I just love <laughs> and uh, it did make me think of, you know, um, uh, in First Timothy 6.10, it says, you know, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And while Parker is not inherently evil, she's definitely not uh, inherently good either. She's, she's definitely like the gray area because, you know, she's a thief She's kind of a psychopath. And sociopath. She doesn't so, want to sociopath. harm people. Yeah, okay, sociopath. She's just crazy. I mean, she just, she absolutely does not understand human emotions at all. Um, she gets better at all that. But yeah. and, anyway. And so in, even throughout this episode, the when they discover the container full of cash, that's what oh, yeah. what is being smuggled <laughs> out of Iraq. Um in this episode, like she just, it, you can just see this joy on her for seeing this giant container full of cash. She tries to like hug it. Yeah, she tries to <laughs> hug it. She sniffs it. Then they go, they take some of it just to um, get an idea of what they're dealing with. If it's funny money or if it's legit money, they could trace it, you know, anything like that. And so. <laughs> it's like, y'all have a creepy. Yeah, because uh, Hardison runs all of the tests on it, and he's like, and he had had some other creepy moments in the <laughs> in the show, yeah, and then she's cool. just sniffing, sniffing it. Cash. It smells real. It, it feels, feels real. And she's like rubbing it on her face, and <laughs> and it's just all sorts of weird. Oh, um, they also had one a good. Um, uh, we let's go steal a something, and uh, they were like, let's go. It's like we're gonna go steal a law because 
a part of the con to get there's the congressmen and the defense contractors working together to yeah. turn on themselves. They had to um, adjust or like they altered a bill going into mm-hmm. place and it went against the defense contractor. And so they thought that the congressman and the defense contractor were going against each other or they they were going after each other. And so they were just fighting out. And so that was one of, that was a good one. They were like, Oh, let's go steal a law. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, I love, uh, Hardison's like, well, you know, everyone breaks laws, you know, my, my mom's even broken laws, but she's stealing a law. She's going to be a legend. Yeah. So ridiculous. But anyway. Uh, and so we also get a, um, one of the last times probably really in the show where we see, uh, Sophie trying to get an acting job cause it's this episode then the beginning of season two, that's really kind of about it on her pursuing some kind of acting. Well, there's the, I mean, she dabbles in it because in that um, orphan one. Oh, yeah. She, she, she does a scene and she's like, did you get it for my reel? <laughs> well, that's true. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so we get a, another example she of. She teaches so, acting. Um, uh, uh, Sophie does a terrible job of acting in the soap commercial and she just goes full on drama queen. Drama. It's crazy. It actually made me think of there there's an episode of Arrested Development where very something very similar happens where uh, uh, Tobias uh, tries out for a a store commercial where they're having a, a fire sale and he he emphasized the fire and he's like, Oh, it's burns. It burns. He's rolling on the ground. It's like, I'm on fire. Kimba. And, and the same kind of thing where Sophie in this commercial is a soap commercial. And she's like, get this filth off of me. I want to be clean. And there's like, apparently this whole big backstory <laughs> that she's created for her soap character, um, <laughs> that she, she named Peggy, uh, is, uh, murdered her first husband even um and so it's just this crazy you know ridiculous thing and i was like uh, i was entertained by it but also i'm like this is this is not what we're looking for for a commercial <laughs> like, and she, she gets a phone call in the middle of it and they're like take it please take this call <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I, t- I was telling uh, when we were re-watching this um i was telling patrick about um uh, the new Geico commercials are very like that. They're like set up the same way where there's a there's a table and people behind the table and they're watching somebody be ridiculous and it's always someone famous. Like they had the um was Billy who's the um, oh, he's Pilates the Thai, guy. He's the Tybo guy. Oh Tybo, yeah. Uh, and then um they had um Oh, I Dick don't remember. Vitale. But, but yeah, Dick Vitale was the one I remember most recently. But anyway, they've had all these famous people doing, the, like, being over the top. And they're like, look, it's just Geico will save you money. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> and uh, so that's what it reminded me of, though. Mm. Um, even the setup, like, even yeah. down to the setup was, like, the same. Um, anyway, so another thing that happens in this um, uh episode but it happens a little bit throughout the series where for some reason they always they'll go through these times of doubt 
well, they they doubt Nate's abilities. They doubt his sobriety, which does become a problem um, on and off. And then um, they just doubt the the good that they're doing. And um, there were in this one, they were afraid that people were going to get hurt, like because they found out that Castleman's still after uh, Corporal Perry because he's a witness um, to them moving the cash, and. Um, and they're all like, oh, we can't, we get, we're out. We didn't want to hurt anybody. Nobody was supposed to get hurt. Da, 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 da. And he, and Nate's like, fine, walk out, walk at any point. You came to me and asked me to do this and I, I can do this. We are doing this, but leave anytime you want to just leave. So then at the end, when they're able to give the money to the, um, to the hospital and, and, and the rehab um, place, um, they really solidified as a team, as a team. Cause at that point, Nate goes, you know, if you still want to leave, leave, but look, look at the good that you've accomplished by doing what we're doing. And so that, that this whole, epi- like the first episode was kind of how the team was created, but this is how the team kind of solidifies and, and, and you know, makes it so that they could have more uh, jobs. So, anyway, so that was another good thing. And so, we've got uh, some biblical themes that happened in this episode. And uh, in the very beginning of the episode, when Nate is meeting Corporal Perry for the first time, uh, as he leaves, the his doctor... Uh, tells him it's like people don't just show up to help. That's not the way the world works. Uh, and then later, she you know she's still on this mindset. This is not how the world works. And uh, Nate tells her it's like, well, so change the world. Uh, and so this uh, made us think of uh, the Good Samaritan parable from Luke ten. Uh, and in that parable, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, there's a guy who's on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, uh, and which, by the way, uh, is a treacherous road to go on. Uh, how? And so this guy is walking on, is riding on this road. Bandits um, uh, attack this guy, and uh, you know, leave him half dead. Take all of his stuff, and he uh and you know is left for dead then a priest comes down the pair comes down the road leaves him be levite sees him leaves him be but then a samaritan is the one who stops and helps the guy in which when you understand the context of this parable being told to a bunch of jewish people um they were trained to uh, hate the Samaritans and the Samaritans were taught and trained to hate the Jews. And so the fact that the Samaritan is the one who helps the person is, uh, you know, is significant. It goes against culture. It goes against, um, expectations. It turns everything up on its head and it, you know, that's not what anyone expects. So that, that's kind of like what this doctor is like, you know, no one helps anyone for nothing. You know, you just can't do that. No, no one does that in this day and age. And and so that's one of those things that we, we are called to be like this 
as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is to, you know, it, it could be someone that, quote unquote, we're told that we're not supposed to like, or um, someone who's unclean or unworthy or something like that. Um, but it, you know, we're supposed to, you know, as Christians, it doesn't matter. They're in need, we're supposed to help. It, it doesn't matter. Um, so there's uh, two other um, notes we want to make. Also in Luke, all of this, all of these come from Luke. Um, these points. Um, so there's one um, where uh, Jesus talks about in Luke 14. He talks about how um, if you don't give up everything to follow him, then you can't be his disciples. And um, and he's talking about everything, uh, physical things, uh, monetary things. Um, but also family ties. That was one one of the things that he talks about is, is giving up, um, like leave your father, leave your mother, leave your brother, sister, child, whatever, and follow me. And, um, and so, you know, that happens, you know, kind of, if you look at it, um, each of these, uh, thieves has left their life, um, of, you know, their teams, their, their jobs, whatever they were doing, and they're now doing good. And, um, now I'm not saying that Nate is a Jesus figure, but he may be kind of a pastor figure, honestly, because he's the one kind of gathering them together to do these good things. Um, and so, um, that was one, one reference in Luke. And then the other one, which, um, uh, there was a good reference in this at the beginning of this uh, episode. Nate, or they're they're looking at the new offices. They have these new offices of leverage, so that they have like uh, alibis and and backstories and all these things. So it looks like they've been working at this job for several years and stuff like that. And Sophie goes, "Oh my gosh, Hardison, I cannot believe you spent your your share of our money on this." And he goes, yeah, I didn't do this. No, no, uh, that's Nate. You know, he he used everything he had. He either gave to the children's hospital or on these offices and uh, cover stories and everything. And so um, it just reminded me of Luke 18 when um, Jesus tells um, the young man, um, this young man says, you know, I, I pray, I um, do everything that I, you know, I'm supposed to do. Doesn't break the commandments. I don't, yeah, don't break commandments. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a really good guy. You know, what else can I do? And I'm a very religious guy. You know, what what else can I do? And Jesus said, the only thing you have left to do is to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then it even says that, and the young man walked away disappointed because he was a very wealthy man. And, um, it just really put into perspective, you know, how, how much Jesus, how, or I guess how little he puts on material things. And, um, and that's kind of how Nate, Nate is. He, he basically needs just enough to live. He doesn't care about stuff. He doesn't care about, um, uh, you know, I don't know anything except for helping people. Although you did find out later in the in the episode at the very end, he drives away in a Tesla uh, convertible, sports car, sports car, electric something. It's, I mean, is it, is it's, it not a Ferrari? No, 
it's a Tesla. Is it? Okay. It literally says Tesla on the back. Oh, it does? Okay. I'm, I Pay attention. That part. I missed that part. <laughs> anyway, but it's, you know, uh, that was his, like, one big splurge. Everything else. Yeah. Like, he barely even has, like, clothes and food. <laughs> but yeah. well, he has a Tesla. Well, it's because he supplements <laughs> his food with booze. <laughs> That's true. Um, he is a major alcoholic. Yeah. Which they get into that in later episodes. Right. Uh, and so this also reminded me of, of John Wesley, who uh, figured out how to live off of 30 pounds a year. And so this, you know, this is obviously back in the 1700s, so it was a lot less money, you know, than it is now. Anyway, so this whole thing. Um, so he figured out how to live 30, 30 pounds a year, and he never went above that. He made sure he stayed that way. Even as he earned more money, he got promotions, whatever. I, I mean, I don't exactly know how people earned money back then. I mean... Especially his... Yeah, he was started he, an entire denomination. Yeah. And so, <laughs> eventually, my Wesley history, um, I remember properly, you know, I think he made up to like $1,500. Or, pounds. sorry, 1,500 pounds in a year and he gave 1400 1470 pounds let's say dollars again <laughs> 1470 pounds away uh yeah. either to churches missions the homeless whatever yeah. he didn't keep any of it yeah. and so that you know also reminded me of Nate and yeah. um holy living and and that kind of thing that um Minus the booze. Yeah, minus the booze, yeah. Um, although Paul does say have a little bit of wine to help that upset tummy. Um, just saying. Uh, unless you're allergic. Yeah, unless you're allergic. If you're allergic, don't drink wine. Uh, so anyway, so these are different kind of biblical themes that you know we kind of come across in this, um, in this episode. And so now comes the time for ratings. So... Mrs. Frack, ladies first. <laughs> what would you rate the episode? Um, I don't know. I have a hard time not giving them all fives because I just love this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess I'll give it. I'll give it like a four point five, and uh, because. Um, their chemistry is still evolving a little bit. Mm -hmm. And while I think it's a great episode, what I really actually hate is actually not the team, but the extras. Like, um, I, I mean, as an actor myself and director, like it, I cringe sometimes when there's people just kind of like being awkward on, on the set <laughs> and the doctor chick and like the, the rehab guys at the end, it was, so awkward their lines were awkward and like everything and it was only for that like 30 seconds at the end but i it just cringe worthy mm -hmm. um so i think uh i would say that it was 4.5 great episode like i love the military side and stuff like that but um and it's funny i mean i love the, the moments of humor and it flows well I love how they get the guys. I always love that part. Yeah. And then explain how they do it. Yeah. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, 
kind of for similar reasons. Uh, I mean, it's a good, solid episode, and it, it does a really good job of setting up motivations and things like that. Uh, but for me, I think the reason why I do four, because the the scheme was a little, I don't know, less than... Like, there's so much, you know, it was a full primetime television, one-hour episode, so there's 45 minutes of content. And the scheming and the conning that happens in this episode is so minimal to me. That's true. That I'm just kind of like, uh... Like, they did a good job of, of hooking me in the first episode that I could look past this one to really like because the next episode they actually you know that's more elaborate conning and things like that that one's really that, that one's much better it's still a law that's true but it's but <laughs> out it's, of a wooden box <laughs> yeah they didn't, couldn't even hack it um but you know that's one of those things that like i i mean i just struggled it was just so uh, like but the but the reason why it's still such a great episode is the character moments and as you know, as Leslie was saying in the beginning part of this, that this is the time when the this whole episode was just a setup to say the team's going to keep doing this, right? Um, because they were kind of like, yeah, we could do a job or two, and they did something that was emotional too. An injured, you know, soldier. That's emotional, and people can relate to you know, yeah. and and gets the heartstrings going so that that everyone can go, oh yeah, they're doing good stuff. Yeah, they're helping wounded soldiers yeah and especially when this episode came out in 2008 i mean this was yeah. this was a, a high priority and especially the uh the beginning part of the episode where the reservist talked about he was making what seven dollars a day yeah and the private contractors were making seven hundred dollars a day and that was a big thing when people were talking about what soldiers were making and were equipped with and compared to what private con- contractors were getting from from the government itself and how that the despair so yeah and so then it, was, it was a whole thing yeah i'm not we're not going to get into that because yeah. that's we don't know enough no. to yeah. we just remember this and was a all, talking this, point it was and this is also a fictional show so yeah uh so <laughs> so thank you for for listening with us just as a reminder that anyone uh, with any questions for us about biblical lessons that we talked about in this episode or other discussion about anything ranging from uh, television, anime, comics, or anything in general, uh, feel free to email us at frickityfracktalkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at FrickityF or FrickityFrack on Instagram and Facebook. Know that you are loved by God and us.